Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the... Did you see that? <laughs> Did you see that? What was that? Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi, Alana. Hey, Sam. That was a weird way we just started. Guys, we had just started and Alana did the intro and then we look at my screen and a bunch of like automated balloons like flew up the screen and then Alana and I just stared at each other for three minutes in silence because neither of us made that happen. This is like so not helpful for two women doing an ADHD podcast because I'm going to fixate on this for like the next five minutes. Like, why did it happen? What did we click? How do we make sure that it doesn't happen again? (laughs) Yeah. Is it just going to, do you think I'm getting hacked? I don't think you're getting hacked. No. Okay. But it did remind me. They're not going to find anything interesting on my computer. Like, you know, guys, when you, when you're sending a text, when you say a certain word over text and like celebration and then all the balloons pop up, like that's kind of what it felt like. <laughs> One time I was texting a guy like about like a guy I had a crush on, but we were like in very, very early stages of talking. Of course you were. And I said the word congratulations <laughs> and it sent with confetti. I wanted <laughs> to die. It's <laughs> so funny. Oh my God. Apple does the most sometimes. I feel like it should ask your permission. Like, do you want to send in a ridiculous amount of confetti to this person? Or are you not there yet? Should it, or are you not there yet? Yeah. Do you want to ruin your situationship or are you trying to feel it out still? <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. How's the week going? You have an exciting thing to talk about. No, you guys have been listening to me talk about the mini ADHD course. I've been compiling like my most essential lessons and tips and strategies and everything to help you guys confidently manage your ADHD. And it's released. The course is available. I'm so excited. I have to tell you, like everyone, it is so cute and compact and easy to get through and aesthetically pleasing to look at. But the thing that's so wonderful about it is that it's all there for you. Like it's, there's no multiple web pages. There's no resources, you guys have to sort through there's you know it's all there ready for you I haven't found in my experience another course like this that's so quick and easy to understand I feel like the online learning space is just so great like for my learning style just the way that I can like process things on my own time and then if I you know zone out I can go back to it like I just that works so well for me And so I'm so excited to be able to share this information and like, like what you said, like compact. I'm excited to see what you guys think of it and to hear your feedback. So let's get into what we're going to talk about this week. What we're going to talk about is I think we throw out so many in this podcast, we throw out so many different suggestions and tips and strategies and tools and supports and stuff. But there's what I wanted to do is highlight, like, what are the main supports that are available for us individuals with ADHD and kind of talk through which ones, you know, me and you have utilized. I think we all have different experiences with them and they all help with different things. And like we've said so many times, at different times, we're going to need to lean into some of these supports more than others. So it's constantly changing. So I heard this described as kind of like building your ecosystem of supports. And I really like the concept of an ecosystem because it's not like that too you know 
You feel well, me? yeah, and it's like when we were going over some of the different things that we're going to talk about this week, you were even like, okay, maybe this one doesn't make as much sense as the other ones, but ADHD does really affect so many different facets of our lives, and it affects everyone differently. So I think it would be really interesting to go through these and like, even like between the two of us, see, mm-hmm. you know, what the differences are. Absolutely. One of the first things I thought of... So one support we have, of course, is working with any type of like nutritionist, dietitian. There's a lot of even ADHD friendly ones, but this is really there to explore how our diet and nutrition like impacts our symptoms and overall just how our ADHD is impacted by the things that we're eating. Me and you have definitely talked about how our ADHD has impacted like body image, our relationship with food, like it just being a woman and hyper fixating on certain things, how our body looks like all that type of stuff. Yeah. Like, do you remember a couple months ago where the only thing I could think about was my body? Yes. Like literally guys, it was the only thing I was thinking about all of the time. Every time I went to the bathroom, every time I showered, every time I walked past a mirror or even like a reflective surface. And I've spoken to so many women that just do not look in the mirror at all. And I'm like, that's not healthy either. You know, like uh, hyper fixating and avoiding. And it's just like, it feels like this cycle. My body image is such like this cyclical thing. And it's so not healthy. It's so cyclical. And it's so frustrating. And it really is also one of those things that like, it's so important to recognize how our ADHD does impact like our thought patterns. And the fact that we do hyper fixate on things more than other people. The reason that I bring this up is because the support, having the support of working with a nutritionist or doing any type of education around nutrition is really important for our people with ADHD because a lot of different reasons. We also have to rely on getting nutrients because we do have a chemical imbalance in our brain. And so we're dealing with that. Then we're also dealing with the fixating on our body image and stuff like that. So It's just important to note that for a lot of people with ADHD, we do need that support of either working with someone who can help support our relationship with food, body image, all that type of stuff. I find it, you know this, you lift a lot and have like a very healthy, I personally think relationship with the gym, but like for me, I run, but that doesn't mean that's all I can do. Like I really do need to be weightlifting. But I find the gym so intimidating, not because like I don't like to be in there, but I just like kind of don't know what to do. So like the only way that I've been able to conquer weightlifting is with personal trainer or like group fitness classes, stuff like that. Totally. And also just having that extra accountability and kind of that extra person that you're talking to. It's so interesting to me that you say I have like a healthy relationship with working out. You guys remember at the beginning of the podcast, I was obsessed with my Apple watch obsessed. I would never go a day without wearing my Apple watch. I started realizing that I was using, I was relying on the watch to tell me like whether or not I was having a good workout, whether or not I moved my body enough. Like I was totally becoming too fixated on those stats and those numbers. When you find yourself using that too much, you kind of want to like reconnect with movement without it. So I stopped using my watch because I've been working on like rebuilding that relationship and saying like, okay, I can just work out to make my body feel good, to make myself feel good. I don't have to like make sure that I hit a certain amount of, you know, calories or I have to make sure that my heart rate is a certain like 
all that stuff is too much. So we also have to like realize that at one point, like this might've been a tool that was helping me. And then it kind of made it a little bit too intense. It was so problematic because I remember if I wasn't wearing my watch, I would be like, actually it doesn't, it's not worth it to work out. It doesn't count. And then that's when I realized I was like, I, this has gotten too far. And I've actually like, I haven't charged my, it's just, I went from like wearing it all. This is so ADHD. I went from wearing it all the time to like one day of not charging it to like never again, (laughs) because I needed to just rebuild that relationship. But that actually goes into another one of our supports, which we have is movement. I know you guys hear us talk about it a lot. I can't imagine like what my mental health would be like if I didn't get movement in. I really do feel that it is absolutely essential to like my mental sanity. Yeah. I haven't worked out in four days and I can guarantee it is why it is part of the reason I'm feeling so anxious today. Like I feel so antsy, so anxious and I don't feel like working out. And I don't feel like exerting that energy, but I know once I do, it's like a border collie. You need to run it out a little bit, you know, like the problems and the anxieties will still be there. But I do feel like having some sort of movement, whether it's walking on a treadmill or walking outside or doing a class or playing pickleball or going for a swim or weightlifting, like whatever it is, we need to like set, like like there's nerves that need settling. Totally. We have so much like extra energy and like extra like emotional energy that's just like going into anxiety and our Mm -hmm. thought patterns and all this stuff so putting that a little bit of that like physical strain on our body I feel like I can feel it like releasing the like stressed out emotions or the anxiety yeah and like if for me personally and I don't necessarily think all of this thought process is born from a healthy place, but I'm definitely trying to like make it a little bit more healthy. You know how people always say like, if you make your bed, at least you've accomplished one thing that day. If you don't do anything else, that's how I feel with like, for me right now, it's running. I feel so good. If I don't do anything else that day, I don't even get out of my pajamas. At least I run. You're right. Like it's an easy win. And I think especially for us with ADHD, we need that to help. Totally. It's just dopamine. Totally. The next support I'm going to talk about is one of my favorites because that's what we're all doing here. We have self-education. So podcasts, podcasts, but pretty much like any of these rabbit holes that we go down. Being able to fixate on different things, obviously it is not always a positive thing, but I do think it really can be. I think when we have that urge and that interest to learn about something and that need to like know all the answers right away, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's not... That's not bad for self-growth. I think it's pretty good. What do you think? Well, it's so funny because like for you, I feel like you do for for you, it's it's like a you get into these topic rabbit holes. For me, I get into like these activity rabbit holes. Like I yeah. there was a good six months where I was reading like two books a week. And yeah. now I'm kind of out of it. And it's not that I'm not reading, I'm just like not super interested. Like there's no books that I'm like really excited about. But like that feeling of feeling so like fulfilled from one thing can be really nice sometimes. Like for me, it definitely helped settle a lot of the social anxiety I have because I wasn't constantly like, oh, why aren't I out right now? I don't have enough friends to go to dinner, blah, 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 because I wanted to be home because I wanted to read my book, Mm -hmm. you know? So it definitely feels like, I think you're right. Like it feels really good to be interested. I think like a lot of the time we get caught up in this whole like, 
too much of anything is a bad thing. And I agree with that on the, yeah. on the whole, but I do think sometimes like the world is not built for people with ADHD. So, and we talk about that a lot. So maybe it's kind of okay to, fo- to hyper-focus for a little bit, as long as it doesn't affect like the important areas of your life, like the relationships that you have and your ability to eat and drink and go to sleep. But, you know, I think that like, Sometimes a little rabbit hole only makes you a cooler person. I know. I know. I I love people who like have all these different rabbit holes. Like I want to hear about all the rabbit holes. Tell me all the weird shit you know. Exactly. But like, you know, this is the thing when people talk about how, how harmful it is to talk about certain things with mental health and like ADHD on, you know, on apps and on TikTok and stuff like this. But It's twofold because at the same time, like, what do we think is happening? Do we think that it's making a ton of people think that they have ADHD or is it making a bunch of people that have ADHD that just didn't know what their symptoms were, learn more about their brain and their mental health? And, you know, why is that a bad thing? Just because more women are now understanding that a lot of the challenges that impacted them might not just be anxiety or might not just be depression, you know? Yeah. Like, it's so funny when people say now, like back to the whole ADHD education thing, like, oh, there are so many more people these days are getting diagnosed. No, they're not. They're just no, like, there's still the same amount of people, in my opinion, with ADHD that there were 20 years ago. It's just, you know, people now know what it is because they're self-educating. Exactly. And we know what, that it looks and presents differently in guys and girls and and all that stuff. And so, Mm -hmm. and the other thing I think of with that too, is like the YouTube world. Like I've been able to learn so much more from people on YouTube and just people I connect with online than I have in certain like academic settings. And it's because we feel connected to it. And as ADHDers, like that's an important part. I kind of feel like that really came through with your course when I was editing and taking it and product testing it and stuff. It's like the reason it's so easy to understand is because you understand it and you're passionate about it, you know, and you've taken all of this time and you've gone down all of these rabbit holes. And so you can really tell like for you personally. And I think for a lot of people too, like you can really tell when you're interested in something, Mm -hmm. you're knowledgeable about it. And then it's so much easier to explain in multiple different ways to other people because you know, you're passionate about it. Oh, it's exactly like when I see someone else that's interested, like I want to hear what they care about because I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so interested. Like, I want to know, like, I want to get it, you know? It's always so funny. I feel this with guys sometimes when I'm not into a guy or like whatever, he can get down a rabbit hole about like sports, hypothetically. (laughs) Like my ex was really into soccer. And so with other guys, I'd be like, I don't want to hear about your opinions about soccer. You're not a soccer player. You don't know anything. But then when he would talk about soccer, I would be like, oh, this is really interesting because he's passionate about it, you know? I like that too because it matches my energy because if you're not excited about the things you care about, then I'm just going to look like a crazy person. Like, (laughs) you know, like you have to understand that. So no, I totally. Yeah. Like tell me you're into something weird also so that I don't feel weird about you know, what I'm into. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) We have talked a lot about therapy on this podcast. I think that there's so many benefits to therapy, being able to process our emotions with someone else, being able to develop different coping skills, you know, support emotional dysregulation, so many different things. Um, And one of the things that's so tough about this is that I know it's a huge undertaking. Like it's not, it's not a quick process. Like when people say like, oh, maybe, you know, seek therapy, see what else is out there. 
I know how exhausting this process is. It can be so difficult to find one that even is accessible, one that supports your needs, one that you feel is a good fit. And all that stuff is so important when you're finding a therapist. So yeah. And honestly, I think that like the therapy talk is so hard, like so hard because it's like, I can see how people who quote unquote don't believe in therapy or, you know, don't think that therapy works for them because they've probably tried so hard to find a therapist and just haven't found one that fits. And it's kind of what stops me. Like I'm not in therapy right now and I need, I should be, but I like, it's so much work and it feels so daunting to find someone and then spill all of your secrets to them and then have to sit through the whole, like, are they judging me? No, wait, they're a therapist. It's okay. This is fine. Only to realize that it's like not the right fit. Yeah. And then you've unpacked a bunch of stuff and then you have to like the idea of doing it again. It's like, well, no, why would I do that? You know, like I'm a relatively normal girl. I don't really have any state secrets or, you know, nothing that's like crazy. But every single time that would happen, I'd be like, great. Another person knows all of the terrible things that I hate about myself. You know? (laughs) I know. We want to highlight that it's important. Also know that it's definitely not easy. I'll leave a link for you guys in the description notes as well. Another one of my favorites. Do you want to guess what it is? It's me. (laughs) It's a coach. (laughs) Guys, I was sitting here and I was like, thinking in my head like, oh God, I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to get it wrong. (laughs) So if you guys aren't familiar, of course, I'm an ADHD coach, but ADHD coaching in general is just one-on-one personalized support to focus on ADHD symptoms, motivation, goal setting, things like that, organization, time management, you know, all the common ADHD things. But What I want to highlight is like coaching in general. Someone with ADHD is just so important because of that out of sight, out of mind. Like I think it's so beneficial to be able to sit with someone like on a weekly basis or even not even on a weekly thing and go over what those goals are because other things come up throughout the week and they take precedence, you know, or they take precedence. I actually think that we can like even extend the coaching thing can go to like what we were saying earlier with personal trainers or therapists or, and I feel a lot of the time, and I get into this hole too, where I'm like not in school. So I don't need, you know, a teacher, but having a teacher to help get you through anything can be so helpful. Like whether it's a dietitian because you're struggling maintaining enough calories or you feel like you're eating too many calories or, you know, I felt that way in the gym, like having someone to build a lesson plan for me because I was unfamiliar with it was so helpful. And I think a lot of the time people forget you don't have to do it forever. You know, you just do it for a couple weeks or a couple months or a year or whatever, you know, until you can do it by yourself. Totally. Like in a phase where you might need more of that guidance, of that accountability, of that support, like someone writing out a simplified kind of like blueprint for you, but then also being able to come back together and be like, okay, what went well? What didn't go well? I think these are the types of conversations that kind of get like ignored because our brains are so busy, you know? So unless we have that like external force or that external person helping us do that, these things can get lost. Yeah. Like, don't you remember when I was unemployed and I had that career coach, Mm -hmm. the career coach in the end of the day, didn't necessarily help me directly find a job, but I would have been lost, like completely floating with no tether 
without her, you know, like it was such a good experience outside of the fact, outside of the like finding a job part. Yeah, no, totally. Like gives you the tools to do the thing, you know, and sometimes we need those tools like handed to us. And sometimes we know what those tools are and we can use them ourselves, you know? And it's kind of like, I feel like I've like gone back to this like 80 times. So I'm sorry, but it is the thing with your mini course. It's the fact that the tools are in front of you and you don't have to do any of the extra lifting. All you have to do is absorb the information, which is, is what makes it invaluable. And it's the same thing with coaching too. Like whether it's mental health or school or whatever, it's like, you can't, you could, but no one's expecting anyone to do all of this by themselves. Like it's hard enough to live, let alone Mm -hmm. learn a new skill or find a job or manage your mental health or, you know, get healthy or whatever it is. Yeah. So I think with ADHD, it's like just very important to realize that you, you need to ask for help. And I love what you said a minute ago. Like it doesn't mean that it's forever. It's like right now we might need a little bit more of that support handed to us in a nicer way when other times maybe we do have the capacity to do the, you know, the self-education, the the learning ourselves, you know, all that stuff, doing the research, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we don't. And that makes sense too, which is a really good segue into medication. We've talked about medication like on and off in this podcast, but of course, so much of the stuff we talk about is stuff that we can do and implement ourselves. But the underlying thing is that ADHD is a neurological condition that impacts the chemicals in our brain. And so it is important to get support from a doctor, talk to someone if medication might be, you know, yeah, helpful for you. The thing with medication is it's so important that it is accessible and it is available. With that being said, I think that a lot of times we are the ones who are like, having to advocate for ourselves if we think that our dose is too much or if it's not enough. And it's like, how are we supposed to know? Like, that shouldn't be our jobs, you know? Yeah. Um, Like, but that is how it is. So sometimes these conversations, there's a lot of like different like nuances in them. So it is important to, you know, talk to someone who knows about that type of stuff. And then on top of like the self-advocacy part of the medical field in general, you have to find a psychiatrist that you trust. And a lot of the time they recommend that you do medication and therapy in tandem, you know, you shouldn't, you can definitely do therapy without the medication, but they don't recommend that you do medication without therapy, Mm -hmm. which is hard too, you know, and it's like exhausting (laughs) to try and find. And then on top of the fact that there's medication shortages in the United States, specifically affecting people with ADHD, and it's so expensive. And you call a psychiatrist and they're like, yeah, yeah, we can see you in five months. So I, you know, it feels like a real uphill battle for a subsect of the population that struggles with battling in general, let alone uphill. What you mean, it's like annoying that a group of people that struggle with executive functioning has to do like a 20 million step process. Yeah, remember when you cried about insurance last week? I I was having a terrible day, guys. And I I was just... It was all about medical help. Like our, the medical system in America is not set up for people that struggle with executive functioning and self-advocacy. All I could think of as I'm dealing with this is I'm like, if this is so hard for me and I like, I can't, this, I'm not even taking care of any other human. Like imagine people who have other responsibilities. I'm like, I had the whole day to like sit around and, and get passed around from people on the phone and cry and all that stuff. But like, if I was, yeah, you know. The amount of times I've 
been on the phone with like an automatic thing where it's like, press one, four, blank, press two. And I just scream, let me talk to a person. Like I just scream it over and over and over again. I've gotten myself pretty worked up. With that I know. I'm like, up. speak with a pharmacist. And they're like, and then they go through a list of like nine options. I'm like, I'm going to just die. I can't do that. <laughs> Never gonna. By the time I speak with a pharmacist, they're going to be like, Oh, sorry, your insurance ran out four years ago. Um, So yeah, so I really encourage you all to just think of this as an ecosystem. And if there's just one thing you can explore on this list that you have wanted to, maybe give that a try this week. We'll have to update everyone on your New York move. Maybe we'll do that in the next episode. Yeah, definitely. But thank you guys always for listening. I'm so excited for you to check out the mini course. Um, DM me if you have any questions as always. And thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye guys. As always, thank you guys so much for joining us for this week's episode. You can find me on Instagram at coaching by Alana, and you can find the podcast on Instagram at absolutely.adhd. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, write us a review so we can help share this information with more of you. Thank you so much for the support and we will talk to you next week.